to another podcast episode of reading Harry Potter with an 11 year old. <clears throat> now, last time we read the first chapter of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, The Boy Who Lived by J.K. Rowling. And I really, really liked doing that. It was really, really fun. Um, at this point of time, I have no um, real fans yet. Only my mum and dad and my teacher are following me. But that's okay. I just like to make these bust them out. You know what? Um, yeah, it's just really, really fun. Um, if you listened to my last episode, it's pretty much the same as I said last time. This is intended for all audiences from one year old all the way to one trillion years old no matter what age what race what type of person you are no matter how rich no matter how poor we all deserve to listen to some harry potter so that's pretty much it all i have to say please make sure to leave a rating and a review down below and let's listen to some harry potter the second chapter i will only be reading about half of it today um but yeah i'll make another episode continuous i really hope you enjoy this video today and let's start reading some harry potter okay let's get started chapter two the vanishing glass nearly 10 years had passed since the dursleys had woken up to find their nephew on the front doorstep but Privet Drive had hardly changed at all. The sun rose on the same tidy front lawns and lit up the brass number four on the Dursleys' front door. It crept into their living room, which was almost exactly the same as it had been on the night when Mr. Dursley had seen the fateful news report about the owls. Only the photographs on the mantel and on the mantelpiece had showed how much time had passed. Ten years ago. There had been lots of different pictures about what a large pink beach ball wearing different coloured bobbled hats. But Dudley Dursley was no longer a baby, and now the photographs showed a large blonde boy riding his first cycle bicycle on a roundabout at the fair, playing a computer game with his father, and being hugged and kissed by his mother. The room still held no sign at all that another boy lived in the house too. Yet, Harry Potter was still there, asleep at the moment, but not for long. His Aunt Petunia was awake, and it was her shrill voice which made her, which made the, uh, the first noise of the day. Up! Get up! Now! Harry woke with a start. His aunt rapped on the front door again. Up! She screeched. Harry heard her walking towards the kitchen, and then the sound of the fr- the frying pan being put on the cooker. He rolled back into his ba- he rolled into his back and tried to remember the dream he had been having. It had been a good one. There had been a flying motorbike in it. He had a funny feeling that he'd had the same dream before. His aunt was back outside the door. "Are you up yet?" she demanded. "Nearly," said Harry. Well, get to move on. I want you to look after the bacon. And don't you dare let it burn. I want everything to be perfect on Duddy's birthday. Harry groaned. What did you say? His aunt snapped through the front door. Uh, through the door. Nothing, nothing. Dudley's birthday. How could he have forgotten? 
Harry got slowly out of his bed and started looking for socks. He found a pair under his bed and, after pulling a spider off one of them, put them on. Harry was used to spiders because the cupboard under the stairs was full of them and that was where he slept. When he was dressed, he went down the hall into the kitchen and the table was almost hidden beneath all of Dudley's presents and um, it looked as... All of Dudley's presents. It looked as though Dudley had gotten the new computer he wanted, not to mention the second television and the racing bike. Exactly why Dudley wanted a racing bike was a mystery to Harry, as Dudley was very fat and hated exercise. Unless, of course, it involved punching somebody. Dudley's favorite punch bag was Harry, but he didn't often catch. But he couldn't often catch him. Harry didn't look it, but he was very fast. Perhaps it had something to do with living in a dark cupboard, but Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. He had to he had to wear what he had like, because all he had to wear were Dudley's old clothes of Dudley's, and Dudley was about and Dudley was about four times bigger than he was. Sorry, just got mixed up there. Harry had a thin face, knobbly knees, black hair, and bright green eyes. He wore round glasses held together by sellotape because of all the times that Dudley had punched him on the nose. The only thing Harry liked about his own appearance was the very thin scar on his forehead, which was shaped as the bolt as a bolt of lightning. He had had it as long as he could as he could remember, and the first question he could ever remember asking his Aunt Petunia was how he got it. In the car crash, your parents died, he had, she had said, and don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. That was the first rule for a quiet life with Dursleys. Uncle Vernon entered the kitchen as Harry was turning over the bacon. Calm your hair, he barked, by way of a morning greeting. About once a week, Uncle Vernon looked over the top of his newspaper and shouted that Harry needed a haircut. Harry must have had more haircuts than the rest of the boys in his class, all put together. But it made no difference. His hair simply grew that way, all over the place. Harry was frying eggs by the time Dudley arrived in the kitchen with his mother. Dudley looked a lot like Uncle Vernon. He had a large, pink face, not much neck, small watery eyes and thick blonde hair that lay smoothly on his thick fat head. Aunt Petunia often said that Dudley looked like a baby angel. Harry often said that Dudley looked like a pig in a wig. Harry put the plates and egg put the plates of egg and bacon on the table, which was difficult as there wasn't much room. Dudley, meanwhile, was counting his presents. His face fell. Thirty-six, he said, looking up at his mother and father. That's two less than last year. Darling, you haven't counted the one from Aunt Marge's present. See, it's right under there, this big one from Mummy and Daddy. All right, then. Thirty-seven, said Dudley, going red in the face. Harry, who could see a huge Dudley tantrum coming on, began wolfing down his bacon as fast as possible, in case Dudley began to, uh, began, in case Dudley turned the table over. Of, um, Aunt Petunia obviously scented the danger too, because she said, 
and we'll buy you another two presents while we're out today. How's that sound, how's that, Popkin? Two more presents. Is that all right? Dudley thought for a moment. It looked like hard work. Finally, he said, so I'll have thirty, thirty, thirty-nine, sweetums, said Aunt Petunia. Oh, then Dudley sat down and grabbed the nearest parcel. All right, then. Aunt, Uncle Vernon chuckled. Little Tyke wants his money's worth, just like his father. Atta boy, Dudley. He ruffled Dudley's hair. At that moment, the telephone rang and Aunt Petunia went to answer it. While Harry and Uncle Vernon watched Dudley unwrap the new racing bike, a signed cinema camera, a remote control aeroplane, 16 new computer games, and a video recorder. He was ripping off gold wristwatch when Opportunity came back from the, tel- from the telephone, looking for th- very, very angry and worried. Bad news, Vernon, she said. Mrs. Figg's broken her leg. She can't take him. She jerked her head in Ma- Harry's direction. Dudley's mouth fell open in horror, but Harry's heart gave a leap. Every year on Dudley's birthday, his parents took him and a friend out for the day to adventure parks, hamburger bars, or the cinema bar. Every day, Harry was left behind with Mrs. Fig, a mad old lady who lived on two streets away. Harry hated it there. The old house smelled of cabbage, and Mrs. Fig made him look at photographs of all the cats she'd ever owned. Now what? said Aunt Petunia, looking furiously at Harry, as if he'd planned this. Harry ought to feel sorry that Mrs. Fig had broken her leg, but it wasn't that easy when he reminded herself that it would be a whole year before he had to look at Tibbles, Snowy, Mr. Paws, and Tufty again. We could phone Marge, Uncle Vernon suggested. Don't be silly, Vernon. She hates the boy. The Dursleys often spoke about Harry like this, as if he wasn't there, or rather, as something that he was something, someone very nasty that couldn't understand them, like a slug. Or what about what's her name? Your friend, Yovin, Yovini. I don't know how to pronounce it. On holiday in Majorca, snapped Aunt Petunia. You could just leave me here, Harry put in hopefully. He'd be able to watch what he wanted on the television for a change, and maybe even have a go on Dolly's computer. Aunt Petunia looked at though she had just swallowed a lemon. And come back and find the house in ruins, she snarled. I won't blot the house, said Harry, but they weren't listening. I suppose we could... Take him to the zoo, said Aunt Petunia slowly, and leave him in the car. That car's new. He's not sitting in it alone. Dudley began to cry loudly. In fact, he wasn't really crying. It had just been years since he really cried. But he knew that if he screwed up, screwed up his face and wailed, his mother would give him anything he wanted. Diddy dum, dicky dum. Dinky Duddy Dumps, don't cry. Mommy won't let him spoil your special day. Flinging her arms around, she cried, flinging her arms around him. I don't want him to, to, to come. Dudley yelled between huge pretend sobs. He, he, 
He always sp spoils everything. He shot Harry a nasty grin through the doorway and hid his mother's arms. Just then, the doorbell rang. Oh, good lord, they're here, said Arbut Jr. frantically. And a moment later, Dudley's best friend, Piers Polkis, walked in with his mother. Piers was a scrawny boy with a face like a rat. He was usually the one who held people's arms behind their backs while Dudley hit them. Half Dudley stopped, pretending to cry at once. Half an hour lady, half an hour later, Harry, who couldn't believe his luck, was sitting in the back of the Dursleys' car with Piers and Dudley on the way to the zoo for the first time in his life. His aunt and uncle hadn't been able to think of anything else to do with him, but before they left, Uncle Vernon had taken Harry aside. I'm warning you, he said, putting a large purple face right up close to Harry's. I'm warning you now, boy. Any funny business, anything at all, and you'll be in that cupboard from now until Christmas. I'm not going to do anything, said Harry, honestly. But Uncle Vernon didn't believe him. No one ever did. The problem was, strange things often happened around Harry, and it was just no good telling the Dursleys he didn't make them happen. Once Opportunia, tired of Harry coming back from the barbers looking as though he hadn't been cut at all, had taken a pair of kitchen scissors and cut his hair so short that he was almost bald, bald except for his fringe, which she left to hide to which she had left to hide that horrible scar. Dudley laughed that Dudley laughed himself silly at Harry, who spent a sleepless night imagining for the next day where where he was already laughed where he was already laughed for at for his baggy clothes and cellotoped glasses. Next morning, however, he had gone up to find his hair, hair exactly as it had been before Arpetunia saved it off. He had given it he he had been given a week in the cupboard for this even though he tried to explain that he couldn't explain how it had grown back so quickly. Another time, Arpetunia had been trying to force him into a revolting jumper, old jumper of Dudley's, brown with orange bubbles. The harder she tried to pull it over his head, the smaller it seemed to become, until, finally, it might have fitted a glove puppet, but certainly wouldn't have fitted Harry. Arpetunia had decided it must have shrunk the wash, and, to his great relief, Harry wasn't punished. On the other hand, he'd gone to terrible trouble for being found on the roof of the school kitchens. Dudley's gang had been chasing him with you as usual, when, to Harry's surprise, as anyone else's, he was sitting on the chimney. The Dursleys had received a very angry letter from Harry's headmistress, telling him that Harry had been climbing school buildings. He tried to... Um, but all he tried to do, as he shouted at Uncle Vernon through the locked door of his cupboard, was to jump behind the big bins outside the kitchen doors. I might just finish off the sentence. Harry was supposed to suppose that the wind must have caught him in mid-jump. unfortunately that is all for today um yeah i hope you really enjoyed maybe 
two, three days time because I want to take this out slowly. I did some calculations. It's going to take me about half a year to read all these if I do it once a day. And I don't want this to last half a year. So I'm just going to probably finish the chapter in two or three days time. But yeah, um, I hope you really enjoyed listening to this episode today. Um, it's really, really fun for me to do these. And if you want to do more, well, if you want me to read some more Harry Potter, then leave a rating and review. Um, yeah, show some support. And if and how the old saying goes, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. But if you do have something nice to say, then make sure to show it in the form of a rating and a review. Also, constructive criticism would really, really help me as I do need to fix up some issues like mistakes, um, reading too fast, too slow, making pauses in between. I don't know. You guys can help me out on that because it's what you want, not I want. Anyway, I really hoped you enjoyed episode two, my podcast, Reading Harry Potter with an 11-year-old. I will see you next time in the next episode, Reading Harry Potter, the continuation of The Vanishing Glass. So, without further ado, see you guys in the next one. Um, quickly before you go, before you tap off this podcast, I really just want to give a quick shout out to my piano teacher for also inspiring me on this podcast journey. Um, he, he makes a song on Spotify, it's called Peach Lane, his band, and he made this song called House Party, it's really, really good, he also has another song called Bad Friends on Triple J, um, I'm gonna play this song to you in outro two for my podcast, um, and I really, really like his music, and I think you'll enjoy it too if you listen to it, so I'm gonna put that on right now, and... Hope you enjoy Peach Lane House Party. <laughs>